This is a Chronicle podcast, bringing you ideas in the service of medicine. From the Chronicle podcast system, this is the NPC podcast of the National Pharmaceutical Congress for January 26, 2022. The NPC podcast was created to discuss and consider the purpose, process and people of the pharma industry during the COVID era. We'll continue the healthcare conversation by answering questions sent by listeners. Just like you. This program is presented in cooperation with Imprez, Canada's next generation commercial partner. The industry is rapidly evolving, and Imprez is designed to help you evolve with it. Learn more about Imprez tailored best in class solutions at www.imprez.com. Our guest today is Kathy Harley of the nonprofit organization. Nurses specialized in wound, ostomy, and continence Canada. She'll join your hosts, Jim, Mark, and Mitch, to talk about managing under adversity and other subjects. To start this week's conversation, here is Mitch Shannon, CEO of Chronicle Companies. Welcome to the NPC Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mitch Shannon. Here we are once again in our podcast gondola overlooking all the center ice action. With me is James Shea, General Manager of the Council for Continuing Pharmaceutical Education. Jim, tell us, how has your snowblower been holding up over the past couple of days? It's been brutal here. (laughs) It's pretty good. I'll tell you, honestly, it complained a little, but after it spat out a few of the fall leaves, uh, it did much better than I did out there. (laughs) We are no better than our tools. So also socially distanced here in the gondola is Mark McElwain, the pharma industry consultant and senior health policy expert. Mark, it occurs to me to ask, have you ever been to Sudbury during the winter? If so, what's it like? Yes, but have you ever heard of it being too cold to snow? Because for that big snowfall that Toronto and Montreal got, Sudbury got zero. Man. One day we'll have to have a podcast determining how all that works because it's uh, a mystery to me. We are your crack team of podcast hosts known as Jim, Mark, and Mitch because all the really clever names were taken, such as Frankie Goes to Hollywood or Ensemble IQ. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. Fellas, joining us on today's podcast is Kathy Harley. Kathy is known to us as the CEO of Nurses Specialized in Wound, Ostomy, and Continence Canada, or to save some syllables, NSWOC. Kathy, nice to see you and Happy New Year to you. Well, Happy New Year to you, Mitch, and thank you for the invitation. Can you tell us a little bit more about your organization, NSWOC? I'd be happy to. So Nurses Specialized in Woundostomy Continents Canada is a registered charity for over 700 nurses across Canada who specialize in the care of patients with challenges in wound, ostomy, and continence from hospital to community and from newborn to aged. And we believe that every person deserves a specialized wound, ostomy, and continence nurse. Okay, Mark. Yeah, thanks. Uh, So let's talk about the role for NSWOC in the context of being one of the healthcare associations in the medical ecosphere. So let's talk about patient advocacy and what else is NSWOC bringing to the table? Well, NSWOC acts in the public interest for nurses who are specialized in the field to give leadership and set high standards for the practice in education, research, and administration to achieve quality and cost-effective nursing care. 
And we're all about advancing the profession and the domain of education. We wholly own and operate the Wound, Ostomy, and Continence Institute, which is run as a nonprofit business under the association. And it is registered as a federal educational institution. And so we train the Nurses for Canada, who are either registered nurses who become NSWOCs, or we also train registered practical nurses or licensed practical nurses who become known as skin wellness associate nurses or SWANs. And then in addition to that, we offer practice enrichment series for wound management, paramedic wound care training, and advanced wound debridement. We're also active within the Canadian Nurses Association, Canadian Network of Nursing Specialties, and we do have a CNA accreditation for our education programs. Our specialized nurses also write the CNA certification exam and obtain the credential WOCC and C in brackets to demonstrate that they are certified. And so we're all about creating this national network of specialized nurses. And we really want to have an association that unifies our members nationally and provides a forum through which they can support each other and speak with one loud, powerful voice. Wow, well, that's pretty impressive. It's Jim here. You also had a lengthy career in the private sector with Convitech here down the street from our offices in Montreal, and that was a division of Bristol-Myers Squibb. What would you say the private sector could learn from the nonprofit sector and vice versa? So I've learned that strong leadership and good business acumen are indeed transferable skills, regardless of whether an organization's aim is to sell products or achieve a charitable mission. Private companies that partner with nonprofits and facilitate community engagement initiatives tend to have better employee retention, satisfaction, and engagement than those without. And employees want to feel proud of their workplace, and this is one way to do it. Many companies have corporate social responsibility programs and are partnered with registered charities. Our organization partnered with a medical device company to impact wound care education and improve patient care in Argentina, which has resulted in an ongoing sustainable education program. Without the private corporate funding, this on-site program would not have been possible, but they needed our association to provide the manpower and the expertise. And I find that whether you're running a for-profit business, it's hard work. And running a not-for-profit is no different. In fact, you have even fewer financial and human resources. And so you must be very entrepreneurial. In nonprofit, um, in order to have sustainable impact, you have to focus on achieving your intended outcomes and making a surplus because without either of these, it's very difficult to operate uh, successfully. And as well as raising money for our particular cause, we need funds to pay contractors' salaries, bills, and for other general operating costs. So it's vital that the finances remain steady. However worthwhile your cause, if you're unable to balance revenue and expenses, you'll end up in debt. And so in order to maximize the efficiency and effectiveness, just like in for-profit business, it all comes down to the bottom line and you need a good strategy and strong discipline. That's pretty interesting. Uh, being 
GM of a not-for-profit, I have to concur with everything you've said. It's, you know, there's a lot. I was with Merck for 20 years, and now I have 13 years at CCPE, and I struggle exactly and work in the same type of direction that you just enumerated there. Very interesting. Now, you talked a lot about education in the previous answer, and I guess people are learning a lot of different things, especially now as we, in the last couple of years. Now, in your experience, how can people with nursing backgrounds, such as yourself, adapt to careers in other areas of medicine and healthcare? That's a really good question. And right now, with nursing shortages on top of mind and in focus across the country, it's really important to recognize nurses for the value that they're bringing to the healthcare system. And beyond traditional roles of working in hospitals or out into the community, people need to realize that nurses are advocates. People with a nursing background can be very adaptable to other areas of medicine and healthcare if you have skill development, particularly in the area of leadership and business. And nurses play an essential role in society today by being advocates for health promotion educating the public and patients on preventing injury and illnesses and participating in rehabilitation and providing care and support. But nurses are also impacting social determinants of health and health equity. And nurses are playing a vital role in uncovering and addressing patient social determinants of health because health is more than just health care. There's a growing body of evidence that shows how societal factors are linked to health outcomes across an individual's life. And nurses are having an important role in improving health equity and addressing these societal factors as they do it. They can advocate for policy change because they can bring a health lens to public policy and decision making. And since they understand these upstream determinants of health, they can work across all disciplines and sectors. For example, community-based nurses can address health-related needs from the management of a patient with diabetes to how they're transported. Nurses can also lead preventative health care and be catalysts for healthier lifestyles by encouraging and teaching patients to receive preventative services to offload the healthcare system before they even enter it. And they can also impact healthcare business. And with the appropriate skill development, they have a really good understanding of patients' needs and the intricacies of the healthcare system, which can be applied effectively to business scenarios. It's uh, Jim here again. You know, my mom was a nurse and uh, worked her way up to a director of nursing too. So Right now, she'd be giving you a standing ovation for that. So thanks for that well-spoken answer to that question. That's great. Kathy, it's Mark. The life sciences sector is evolving into a more inclusive industry, but there's still much work to be done. Can you comment from the perspective of being a woman in high-ranked positions in an industry that has traditionally been pretty male-dominated? Well, Mark, you mentioned the life science sector is being dominated by males and not led by males. And so what I'd like to say is that when it comes right down to it, leadership ability is the big factor here. Diversity is a must. And we're seeing more and more leaders with diverse backgrounds changing the way that we do business. 
And if you have the skills to lead teams of people through complex projects, you can achieve results that will instigate change. And in addition to the knowledge, skills, and judgment, as a leader, you need the energy and inspiration. And I'm passionate about what I do. And when working in medical device, I believed in advancing wound care technology, and I worked hard to lead programs to improve healing outcomes. But I also had some very strong mentors. Some were female, others were male. But mentorship is critical in business when you're starting out. And if you find someone who is successful, who's willing to invest in you, it makes a big difference in your development. And I have really tried, as I have developed within my career, to act as a mentor to other people. Constantly facing challenges makes you better able to overcome them. And that transcends gender. You must claim your seat at the table because nobody is going to give it to you. You're listening to Kathy Harley of the Canadian Nursing Healthcare Association, NSWOC, here on the NPC podcast. So, Kathy, advancing technology, as you just mentioned, has certainly shaken up our lives, the way we interact and the way we regard each other and the meaning of leadership in this new environment. How has high tech made itself known in your world that is wound care? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Mitch, one area that I've been watching and have been very intrigued with is the emergence of wound diagnostics. We will be able to advance wound healing with innovative point of care diagnostic testing and be able to link therapeutic options that will revolutionize wound care for patients, clinicians, and healthcare funding. This is an exciting new innovation in biomarker-based diagnostic technology that's been developed in light of new research that has identified a biomarker which can be measured in wound fluid to determine the status of wound healing in venous leg ulcers. And just to break that down, a biomarker is a substance used as an indicator of biological state and diagnostic biomarkers can be used to identify the presence of single or multiple factors that may have the potential to influence the clinical outcome. Yeah, that's a wow. That's a wow. <laughs> it is a wow. And did you know there's actually a Canadian startup company that's advancing this technology and it's developing a pocket-sized point-of-care test the clinicians will be able to use immediately at the bedside. And this diagnostic will indicate if a wound is not healing and the results that can direct wound treatment in real time. That's exciting for uh, access to care and a lot of other issues that we face in Canada. So uh, you might as well give a plug to that company. What's the name of your organization? Yeah, it's called Woundnostics Inc. Interesting. Well, we'll be checking them out. Thanks for mentioning that. Kathy, it's Mark. How has the ongoing pandemic affected your work at NSWOC? Yeah, that is a, a very relevant question and does now date back for almost two years. But our philosophy going through the pandemic was business as usual. And if we get blocked, we think out of the box and develop a new plan, even if it's never been done before. And one example of that is in March 2020, we learned quickly what the word pivot means when we had a face-to-face -face national conference booked in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island for 500 clinicians, and it was due to be implemented six weeks after the World Health Organization announced the pandemic. And so we pulled the team together and we realized that we definitely had to shift very quickly 
And we had to put a virtual conference into place so that we could continue to educate our nurses so that they wouldn't lose out on their continuing education. But this meant we had to go to all of the speakers. We had to get their buy-in. We had to get the buy-in of the registrants. We had to get the buy-in of our industry sponsors. But everybody rose to the occasion. And thank goodness, our director of operations is very skilled with IT. And he created a complete conference platform, a virtual exhibit hall, and a place for us to run our conference in less than six weeks. And our registration jumped from 500 to 950 within that six-week period. And we ended up having one of the most successful conferences that we've ever had. And people still talk about it to this day. That's great. Now, NSWAC was a supporter of the Indigenous Skin Spectrum Summit event held in 2021. Can you tell us about your work with Indigenous communities? Yes, I'm honored to be able to tell you about the work that we have done starting in 2018 in support of Truth and Reconciliation. We, as a board of directors, decided to really invest in developing our Indigenous nurses and looking at ways that we could improve care to Indigenous people. And so we struck a standing core program, which is called the Indigenous Wound Ostomy and Continence Health Core Program. And we work to develop leadership for this program. And we have a nurse who has a Mi'kmaq ancestry who is leading the program. She is a nurse specialized in wound ostomy and continence. And we have built that program up over the last several years. We now have over 35 members, many of whom represent other Indigenous organizations, such as the Canadian Indigenous Organization. We meet every single month, and we've already made an impact of changing the ability of our specialized nurses to be able to recommend wound ostomy and and continence products on the non-insured health benefits authorization forms which has made a tremendous impact to improve access to supplies in rural and remote areas and in urban areas as well. And so I'm very happy and very honored to be a part of this group. It's Jim here. Well, you've already given me a a lot of new to me information, and I'm doing air quotes on that one. Kathy, at this point, we like to close each episode by asking our guests to put on their soothsayer's hat, which again, I'll I'll pass to you virtually right now. This is the part of the program that we call a prognostication corner, where corner is spelt with a K because we like to really push the envelope. What predictions do you foresee for the life sciences industry in 2022? Well, I think that looking at life sciences and, you know, just thinking about what's happened since the pandemic started and the coming together of traditional competitors that have partnered to accelerate research and develop the fastest novel vaccine in history, already we've started seeing change in this sector. When we look at the governments, the health systems, the payers, the pharmacies and the nonprofits, We see a coming together, coalitions being built, and it's no longer 
feasible to be able to work in silos. We have to come together. We have to put our heads around healthcare system problems and come up with solutions that will better meet the needs of this changed environment with the pandemic. I also think that digitization is broadening. And due to that, we're seeing more and more possibilities in the life science sector. We've redefined how we work. A lot of people now are working from home. Healthcare delivery is shifting to be more virtual. And these innovative collaborations that we're seeing will make things more efficient and hopefully will reduce costs to the system. And so I think we'll see more and more technological advancements like the wound diagnostics, but we're also going to see a change in how healthcare is delivered with the nursing shortage that's upon us and the crisis in healthcare. So I think there needs to be a big focus on how we will deliver care more effectively and more efficiently as we move forward. Here, here. Here, here. We've been speaking with Kathy Harley, the CEO of Nurses Specialized in Wound, Ostomy and Continence Canada, NSWOC. Kathy, thanks for dropping by and all the best to you for 2022. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to speak with you today. And to everyone, thanks for listening. Do you have questions for Kathy or any comments for us about today's conversation? If so, tag us on Twitter at 2021NPC. You can also send an email to health at chronicle.org. Attach a voice clip to your message and you might appear in an upcoming episode. If you enjoyed today's NPC podcast, please do share it with your colleagues. Find us at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or, pretty much, wherever you get your podcasts. The NPC podcast is presented in cooperation with Imprez, Canada's next-generation commercial partner. Check them out at www.imprez.com. Your announcer is me, Leona Void, of Chronicle Companies. The podcast producer is Jeremy Popsvisser. John Evans and Christella Tello-Ruiz provided research. The musical theme is performed with remarkable elan by the NPC podcast orchestra, under the laser-focused direction of maestro Maxim Milbrook. We'll speak again next week, when our guest will be Sandra Heller of Seagen, but, until then, stay safe.